Hi, it's Austin Bolton, and coming up on the Spread Offense presented by the Aztec Breakdown Podcast, Jacob joins me to, we, we put the Nevada game behind us, we go over a slate of Mountain West games, we review the Aztecs game against Utah State coming up this weekend, and then we talk a little bit of hoops at the end. Good podcast, good content, uh, but... Before we get started, don't forget to rate, like, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow Trone and the show at Aztec Breakdown. You can follow me at It's Austin Bolton, Jacob at Aztec Analytics, Carly at Car Car McGee, and Kyle at Call Me Kinslow. Uh, there's little technical difficulties on Trone and Carly's pod from yesterday, so I'm getting this out late on Thursday. You'll probably hear something from Trone tomorrow if they can get that all fixed up. But yeah, let's get after it. San Diego State. Welcome back to another edition of the Spread Offense. Joining us, as always, is our friend over at Aztec Analytics, Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Austin. How about yourself? You know, not too bad. It's uh, exciting times in Aztec land. Um, but let's let's talk a little football. Um, I mean, I guess this is less exciting, but we we had a bye week last week, so let's let's talk Nevada. Let's just let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about the Nevada game. Probably the ugliest football game I ever I've ever been to. There was like twenty something punts, a couple of missed field goals. Uh, Jacob, what's your what's your take from the Nevada game a couple of weeks ago? Well, <clears throat> I feel like multiple times when we were kind of talking about the game, I kind of mentioned, you know, we absolutely cannot lose this game. This is one of those games that is a one of the worst losses that can happen, this, that, and the other, kind of in the back of my head thinking, you know, this is a legitimate possibility to have a game like this. But to get sh- to get shut out and to get shut out by a team like that who hadn't won a game in 16 tries, I don't really want to say what I want to say, but that was just, I mean, that that's as bad of a loss as I can ever remember. To be honest, it was brutal. It was, you know, it's just it only it only heated the seat up for everybody kind of involved. The discourse, which was already bad, got worse. And, you know, you can feel it. I mean, you watch Brady Hoke's press conference. I mean, that is an unhappy guy. Like he knows it. Like he knows that they're not playing well. Like it's not like he's like oblivious to the fact like some people, you know, it's out there that it's just like, oh, whatever. Like. You could tell in that press conference they had earlier this week that, A, he's very unhappy, and he knows just what the spotlight is on on him and this team right now, and, like, they really have to turn around and start playing good football. I mean, I just never – it just was – it was just such a tough watch because nothing worked for either side. The defense played well. They gave up six points. Like, any game you only give up six points should be a victory. And it's just – it was one of those things where it was just so tough to swallow in the moment – you know, even after the fact, it was one of those things too where they get the ball back with like two minutes to go, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to pull this out of the hat." Everybody's going to be still very unhappy, but at least they're going to pull it out of the hat. 
And then, and then the fumble happens there, you know, on the last drive of the game. And it was just, just wasn't not, it was, it was, it was just not very fun. Um, Let's put it away. Jacob, any last thoughts before we put that one to bed and never have to think about it ever again? Uh, no, uh, no, no. We can put it to bed. We can put <laughs> yeah, it to bed. No. no, I'm good too. I hear you, man. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's get into it. Um, we're going to go to the same, the same format that we have the last couple weeks. Uh, and we're also going to do little hoops at the end. So there was an exhibition game. So let's, let's talk a little hoops. But just as a reminder, sports betting is illegal in California. Um, I will not be betting my own money on any of these games. It's fun to do the picks and use all this stuff as a point of reference. Uh, use, you know, you fade us at your own discretion. But first, let's get into the Mountain West standings. Uh, Air Force 5-1, and one, Fresno and Boise and UNLV all 3-1, uh, followed by San Jose, Wyoming, Nevada, New Mexico, the Aztecs, Utah State, Colorado State, and Hawaii. So definitely kind of a cream of the crop in the top four four teams, four and a half teams, and then definitely a big dip. But uh, there's some good games out there this weekend. So let's let's get into it. So the first game I got here is Friday night, 5 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Um, Colorado State at Wyoming. It's called the Border War. Two schools that really hate each other. Uh, Wyoming got busted vandalizing a bunch of stuff down in Fort Collins already. And it, like it's a whole deal. Like, it's a whole deal. Uh, Wyoming, the line moved from seven and a half to minus six for the, with the Cowboys being favored by six and the over under is 41. Jacob, what is your take on the Cowboys being minus six against Colorado state? I think it's fair. <clears throat> the model has it at uh, 8.3. Um, you know, this is one of those games where, I mean, I'm looking at the Mountain West standings right now, and obviously you have air force five and no in first place, but there are three teams tied with one loss and, three teams tied with two. So this is another one of those important games for a Wyoming. Um, if they want any shot to play at the conference, uh, the conference title, this is a game that they have to win. Obviously Colorado state's been a very interesting team this year, obviously fighting really hard against Dion's guys over at Colorado, um, beating Boise on a hail Mary. Um, but, you know, overall as a team, outside of what they can do uh, passing the ball, they're really not that good. Um, obviously, they use that uh, receiver, Torrey Holton. He's really, really good. He was killing Colorado in those underneath crossing routes. Um, but, you know, wh what's going to happen in this game? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think Colorado State can, can do much against Wyoming. Um, whereas Wyoming, um, I think Wyoming is going to be able to dictate you know, the game on the ground. Personally, I think Wyoming has a great rushing attack. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm at 8.3 on the, on the model in terms of Wyoming covering at home. Yeah, I like that. I, I like Wyoming in this game, too. I don't think they're, the butt-kicking that they took in Boise is kind of indicative of who they are as a team. Boise, Boise needed it. Boise's back against the wall. Their, their fans have been very unhappy with their season. I watched that whole game. There was a super weird crosswind where neither quarterback could hit a pass. And then Boise's running game, which is elite, just kind of took over the game. And then, then Wyoming, who can't play from behind already and then has all these other adversaries when it comes to throwing the ball, just other headwinds and things like that. It was just it was a game that they got behind and they just couldn't get back. I don't think that's really indicative of who they are as a team. Um, I think, interestingly, so... 
Colorado State is two and thirteen when allowing more than 120 rushing yards a game. You know they give up 171. Wyoming Wyoming gets 150 yards rushing per game. I would really expect Wyoming to run all over these guys and make them two and 14 when allowing over 120 yards. They're going to just dictate everything. I think if you were to do any kind of parlay, here's that this is a classic rivalry game. So Colorado State with the first for the first half cover with Wyoming for the game parlaying that together I think would be a really interesting play here if you were if you were going to bet on this game because I think Colorado State will keep it close because of the nature of the rivalry for those that don't know Fort Collins and Laramie are only like an hour and 15 minutes away like it's a super close like geographically so from the rivalry standpoint they're going to keep it close but then I think Wyoming is just going to run them down wear them out and then end up winning by more by more than uh the seven or the they're going to win by a full touchdown because the line's only six now so um, also, the other thing here, 80% of the money is on Colorado State. That's why I dropped a point and a half. Never trust the public. I'm still always on that. So um, the over-under is 35. I mean, how you how you feeling about the over-under at 35? I like the over by, over that by a touchdown, actually, closer to 42 and a half. Um, obviously, weather could be could be a factor that comes into play with that. But um, you know, the model does have about 42 and a half being fair, which should, you know, that's quite a lot of points towards the over. Yeah, I love the over here too. I think it's uh, thirty-five seems really low. I think it does. The, the, I mean the 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 guys setting the lines. I, mean, I think they're just expecting kind of a hard-fought game where maybe Wyoming gets ahead and just runs it down. But Wyoming or Colorado State has shown explosiveness this season. They've done it against they did it against Colorado. They did it against Boise. I just don't. You know, I I see this game kind of being in that twenty-eight seventeen or. Yeah, twenty-eight seventeen range, something like that, um, where it's not like overly high scoring, but thirty-five definitely seems super low. I agree. All right, let's move on. Army and Air Force, second leg of the Commander in Chief's Trophy. Air Force. So let's let's talk about Air Force a little bit. They're eighteen and a half point favorites. Air Force. They're only number twenty-five in the college football playoff poll, which is a travesty among travesties. I can't believe that they are only number twenty-five. It's just, I, I don't understand it. They're still the, in PFF overall. They're the number two ranked in the team in the country. They've been that way for f- as long as I've been looking for like four or five straight weeks. Just, they're just not getting any respect. Any, any thoughts on just on air force in general and what, and what you've seen as they continue their streak? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like you just said, all that proves is that there's just not a lot of G five uh, respect because the air force, I mean, they're a really, really good football team. And we say this every week, but it hasn't changed. Like they're a really good football team, um, you know, and hopefully they smashed Colorado State last week. They smashed them absolutely, and, and hopefully, you know, they went out, get to a New Year's Six, and then get that respect on a national level. But I mean, Air Force is just doing Air Force, like you said. They smacked Colorado State. Um, you know, the score didn't really indicate it against Navy, but <laughs> that's a rivalry game. Uh, through, I, yeah, I believe, like another... through three quarters, Navy had like. I'm not even kidding. They had, I think it was like barely 10 yards of total offense. Through they like, didn't get across the 50 until the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. They didn't even have a first down, I don't think, until the yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah, it was, it was something crazy. Um, and, I mean, they play another – well, I guess they, they're playing the service academy, but the offense isn't the, isn't the triple option at Army anymore. But, I mean, Air Force is great on offense. We already know that. Great rushing, top five in EPA, top 20 in, in success rate, running the ball. And defensively, they're a really good defense, too. They're a top 25 defense um, in total EPA. And, um, 
they're really good against the pass. They're good against the run. So this is uh, this is another one of those games where it's like the familiarity part between the two teams. Um, the last ten games, the the spread is five and five. So it's pretty even in terms of it's basically well, it's literally a coin flip in terms of you know who covers. But my model has Air Force covering by over three touchdowns, um, which seems like a lot. But as I seemingly say every week this isn't an air force team that's going to win 10 to 7 this is an air force team that can win 40 to 40 to 13 sort of thing i mean it's crazy i'm looking at pff here so on pff 90 is elite of elite 80 is like starter status basically they have one two three four five six categories over 90 and they have three categories over 80 there's only two other teams that have anything in the 90s Boise has a run PFF grade of 91. That's better than Air Force at 82.5. And then Wyoming's defense is PFF overall is rated at a 90 and Air Force's is 92. Those are the only two categories in the entire Mountain West that are over 90 from a PFF perspective. And Air Force has seven by themselves. Hmm. If it just shows kind of like how, like from a metrics perspective and overall scouting of these guys, just how much more elite they are than everybody. Um, I agree with you, though. I think Air Force covers easily in this game. I think it's another one where Army's not going to be able to do anything. I do like the under in this. The over-under here is 31.5. I think this game's going to be like 20 to nothing, 23 to 3. Like something something where Army's just not going to be able to do anything whatsoever. The one thing that that's different than Air Force and Navy and Air Force and Army is that at least Navy – practices against the triple option. So they kind of know what they're doing. Army doesn't run that triple, that traditional triple option like that anymore. So they come in prepared kind of like every other team, but they're just not as, from a personnel standpoint, stacked as another, you know, major, you know, top level G5 team or a power five team. And they're just not going to be able to stop these guys. I mean, it's just, I think it's just plain and simple. They're just not gonna be able to stop them. Yeah. Um, I think the I think against Navy I mentioned the Service Academy unders uh, in the last ten games uh, when Army played Air Force the over under is one in nine so nine times the under has hit and well the last nine times uh, the last nine previous matches excuse me the under has hit but as we kind of just talked about with how good of an offense Air Force is um, the model has the total closer to forty um, and I believe. Well, let's see, it's at 31 and a half. I mean, like we kind of just said, you, you can't sit here and say Air Force can't score 31, 32, 30, sure. whatever by themselves. So h- hence the, 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 the point total being closer to 40. No, that makes total sense. I mean, we've talked about it before of like, they are like, they are like the dam breaking, right? They just pound it, pound it. And then all of a sudden it breaks through. And it's, it's, it's the, it's one of the best stories in college football this season. Like Tulane is one spot ahead of them for the New York six ball. That's just recency bias. Cause they beat SC in the cotton ball. Mm-hmm. What they're, what they're doing at the type of place they're at. Like if you can't enjoy that uh, from a college football perspective, these dudes are running the triple option and dominating teams. Like you can't, you gotta, you just gotta love it. And I think it's, I think it's great for the conference. Good for them. And it's just something really interesting to watch. And I hope they do it. I hope they run the, I, at this yeah. point, just run the table and do it. Yeah. hundred so. percent. I, I mean, I am, I'm going to be cheering for air force point blank, uh, point, point blank period. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to be pro Air Force, but I don't think there's anything to be other than pro Air Force, but I'm definitely pro Air Force football for the rest of the season as well. So Yeah. There you go. All right. Oh, that game, by the way, is 1130 on Saturday at CBS Sports Network. So, all right, let's move. Let's move on. This is probably the game of the week in the Mountain West. You got four and four Boise at seven and one Fresno. That's Saturday, seven o'clock CBS Sports Network. Fresno, surprisingly, is only is only favored by three points. And generally speaking, in football, you get three points just for being at home. So they call it, they're calling this a relative toss up. I I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that for a second, but. I'm taking Fresno here just because I think Boise kind of, they got their stuff together for one game. Now they're going to go to Fresno and I just, I think Fresno is going to take them apart and maybe, you know, win by at least a touchdown, but I love, I love Fresno this week, but what do you think of Jacob? Well, this is the one that the model aligns with the best. This, uh, it has Fresno minus 2.6. So that's right under three points. So, wow. So on, yeah. So on a neutral field, that's essentially a pick them but this is a really interesting game because um both teams are tied in the loss column and for all intents and purposes this might be for the second spot in the championship game so there's a lot on the line for both of these teams um i think last week was good for for boise in terms of getting back on track i think they finally for whatever reason realized that when Taylor green is used as a running quarterback he's effective and they win games um, so I expect them to do the same. Um, it's a tale of, you know, two, two teams on, on offense, you know, Fresno is all about what they can do passing the ball. They're much better passing the ball than, than Boise is. But like you mentioned earlier, Boise is really, really good at running the ball, like really good at running the ball. They're number seven in the country in success rate. Um, number 12 in total EPA. So for all intents and purposes, they can control the game on the ground but it's whether or not they can defend the pass of Fresno. Um, Boise is 97th in total EPA against the pass. Um, But this game is going to be very interesting, and I think it's going to come down to the wire because it's essentially a pick So this game is going to be very, very fun to watch because it is worth a lot. Yes. The one thing Fresno or one thing Boise doesn't have going for them this week is they last week they came off a bye, so they had the extra time to come come for Wyoming. One thing I found interesting on PFF is Boise's tackling is a grade of forty seven point four, so that's very poor. They also have a pretty terrible pass rush at sixty one point two. Sixty is average in PFF; they're just like barely average in pass rush. So if they can't tackle and they can't get to the quarterback, Fresno's going to throw all of them. So it'll really be up to Boise and how much Ashton Jensen plays because he did get hurt at the end of the Wyoming game. Mm-hmm. How many re- is he going to be on a rep limit? Is he going to be um, is he going to be limited anyway? I mean that's going to be a huge factor because Boise's really going to have to control the ball. They're going to have to run their their read option offense with Taylor Green, who's so dangerous in that in that part of the game. But I I still like Fresno. I think Fresno pulls away here. I think their their offense is just too good. Um, to, to really not win by by more than three points. What about the over-under? The over-under is 54 and a half. I thought that was slightly low for this game, but I think they're, they were coming in for a ball control game. What are, you, what are you feeling on the over-under of 54 and a half? Yeah, so the model has it at 52 and a half, um, which is just slightly under. Um, in the last 10 matchups between these two teams, the under has won uh, 
set has covered seven times. Um, like you said, I think it's a ball control game. Um, I think it might be one of those games where whoever has the ball last is the team that's gonna gonna win. Yeah, it's, look, like I was looking at there, Fresno Fresno scores thirty three point six points a game. Boise gives up twenty seven point nine. If you kind of average that out, comes to thirty. And then on the same side with Boise's offense at thirty and Fresno giving up twenty point six, that's twenty five. And that's right. Like even if you just average it out with like super basic math like that, it's right at that fifty four and a half number, like fifty five. I like the over here. I think Fresno is going to come out pretty explosive. I think Boise is definitely – I think Boise's starting to click more on offense. I think they found an identity against Wyoming. So I think there's going to be more points scored in this game. I like this to be, you know, kind of that 31-27 range, somewhere like that. Um, that would hit – that would be the over. All right, let's get to the game. We'll all be rooting for this game is at uh, four o'clock. It was moved from FS2 to FS1 because the World Series ended. Not sure. Not sure we really wanted that for more attention. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how they can come out of the bye week this week. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of attention on the Aztecs. See, see how they respond to such a a bad defeat that is self, everybody admits it's a bad defeat, like from the coaches and the players. Utah State is favored by three, so that means on a neutral field they'd be favored by six. They have the same record at three and five and one and two in the league, but when you lose to Nevada six to nothing, you don't get any kind of respect anywhere, and it's, quite frankly, probably from a neutral observer's eye, probably not warranted. So, Jacob, Utah State minus three. Please tell me your model has has the Aztecs favored here. What's What's it looking like? Well, before the loss to Nevada, the model had SDSU favored by half a point. After, it have it has Utah State favored by half a point. So, oh. super, super close. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, this line opened at SDSU minus one, and then it immediately yeah. took all that money and went right to Utah State, which would make sense after kind of, you know, what the, the public sees in terms of what um, what we did two weeks ago if you if you you ever watched the san diego state game and then wanted to bet on them again we we wouldn't be after that one just a young guy at the sports book you know (laughs) yeah so i mean it's 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 a back and forth game it's as neutral as it can get um but really the big difference in this game is the offenses utah state's offense is actually surprisingly good they are uh 40th in epa um they're mid sixties and success rate. So about average, but um, in terms of passing the ball, they're in the low forties. And in terms of running the ball, they're in the fifties. Um, they, they're a pretty good offense. Um, and you pair that against the SDSU defense who, you know, is, is better against the pass and they are against the run. That is a fact. But I think the difference in this game, at least from the point spread slash Vegas perspective, is just Utah State has a, might I say, competent offense, whereas SDSU has an offense that's been struggling. And I guess, you know, that's worth a field goal even on the road. Well, all right, let's start with some positives because, you know, it's just been so negative and it's easy to fall in the negativity because, well, they lost to a team 6 nothing that lost 16 straight. I get it. It's... You know, it's not not a good look. But on the positive note, 
the last three games from a pass blocking perspective on PFF, the Aztecs have graded out at 78.4, 76.9, and 76.8. So they were creeping towards that 80 mark, which is that starter, very good, you know, very good offensive line. Now can they just make some plays out of it? Can they can they set their quarterback up? Can they set the quarterback up to make realistic throws and the receivers catch the ball? I mean, in the last game against Nevada, the, the receivers had a grade of 48.3. They weren't doing Jalen Maiden any favors. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do coming out of the bye week if what kind of changes they made. I mean, will we see Tobin Odell this game? I mean, he supposedly has a monster arm and was somebody that was weirdly under-recruited because of COVID and, like, access to going to his games. And so they were, he was like this diamond in the rough that didn't get any offers because of the nature of the recruiting cycle. And I would anticipate if things don't get rolling, there would be a pretty short leash because he was definitely warming up to come in at the end of the Nevada game. That was I saw that. It was right in front of me. He was going to come in if they got the ball back. Um It'd be interesting if they don't get it rolling. Will will they switch quarterbacks? I mean, I think at this point in the season, when your bowl eligibility is diminishing by the day, I don't think you really have anything to lose, and you might as well give it a try. Maybe, maybe you know, it fits. Tobin Odell fits what Ryan Lindley wants to do a little bit more. Maybe that fits his eye of maybe Tobin Odell's more of a pocket quarterback. I, you know, I don't think Jalen Maiden is much of a pocket quarterback. We've been dying for him to get outside the pocket, do weird stuff in the running game with him. That's, that's creative and tricky. And, you know, he sat in the pocket. He's had good pass blocking the last couple of great games and nothing. There just hasn't been productivity in the passing game. So it'll be interesting to see if um, the Aztecs have the quick hook on the quarterback, but I mean, until proven otherwise, you can't pick anything other than Utah state, right? Like it's just how it is. I mean, Utah State has the offensive capabilities, you know, even if you know, like even the Aztecs can only give up six points and they can still lose. And, and Utah State is a <laughs> way more competent offense than Nevada. So oh, yeah. until I proven know. otherwise, you have to take you have to take Utah State. So over under is 57 and a half. What, what are you thinking on the on the over under 57 and a half? I have the slightly over at 59. Um, the last uh, six matchups. Um, well, the only six matchups between these two teams, the over was four and two. Um, but, uh, 59 is what, what the model is saying, which is just slightly over 57 and a half. It just depends on what version of the San Diego state offense you're going to get. Is this going to be the Boise game or is this going to be Nevada and the clock, you know, and I think if the Aztecs kind of play the game that they want, I think they're going to ball control. Um, you know, they're definitely going to try to get back to the running game, um, set up easy passes, short short to moderate intermediate passes for Jalen to kind of get rolling. I I think the under here is is the play only because if San Diego State has any kind of chance in this game, they have to keep it low scoring. And I think after the bye week, they're going to be able to have a good strat. I think their strategy will be sound because they've had 10 days to figure it out. And they're going to keep it close. I just... Until proven otherwise, you kind of have to pick against the Aztecs after after last week's game. But I, I do think they keep it relatively close. I do think it's a good game, one score game, um, and they're just and they're going to keep the, the point total low. Yeah, if there's one part of the Utah State defense that they can hopefully have some success against, um, it's definitely against the pass. Their Utah State's defense is outside of the top 100 um, in pass defense. So, you know, like you said, hopefully can get some easy throws. To, to get the, the Aztec offense going down the field. I mean, they have athletes. They just got to get them the ball in space, right? Like, yeah, that's that's kind of it out there. And 
you know, it's just, it's just, it's frustrating and everybody's frustrated fans, players, coaches, you know, everybody that watches this team is just like, come on, like what's next kind of thing. And just let's, let's spark banner weekend off, right. With a good (laughs) homecoming win against Utah state. Like that's, that's, that's what we got. I mean, who doesn't love beating Utah state, even when you're having a bad football or having a down year in football. So let's get to banner night. Let's, we got a big game on Monday. 7.30, be there early, the banners are coming, everybody gets a ring. Very excited. Did you get a chance to watch any of the – did you go to the game on Monday, or did you um, did you watch the Facebook streams uh, like some of the rest of us? I, I did watch the Facebook streams, yeah. There were some good ones, though. Vinny, he had a good yeah. one. Brian had a good one, too. Like, just shout-out to those guys. Shout-out yeah. to the people that are willing to do it, like – and their commentary is hilarious because – they're definitely the people that are willing to do it are obviously knowledgeable fans and you just love hearing them. It's just a different way to watch the game, which I think is cool. But what's, what's the favorite thing you saw from the exhibition game on Monday? Um, well, Jaden, <laughs> Jaden doing what we know he can do. I think that's a sneak peek of, you know, what he's you know, going to have to do much less what he's capable of, but you know, 20 and uh, 20 and eight for, for Jaden. Um, and he, you know, hit a couple shots out outside, which I think was part of his game that last year a lot of people didn't get to see a lot just because maybe it wasn't in the cards in terms of the offense. I mean, he can shoot. Um, I'm confident in him shooting anywhere on the floor. Um, you know, Jaden, Jaden is – he's the motor of this team, right? He's the engine of this train. So, you know, we're going to go as far as he's going to take us. But, um, man, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for Monday. It's gonna be so awesome. I I can't tell you how excited I am for Miles Heidi. I mean, that guy's ready to play. Yeah, like, he is. They, they, we don't play a ton of freshmen. That guy's ready to play. He was composed. He was in the game. He had no jitters. He looked great. I mean, I thought Elijah looked good too. Um, I think I think we're gonna play bigger than we kind of initially thought. Like, I think we'll start small, but they're gonna have to stagger Lamont and Darian. So, like, immediately there's gonna be a big come in. So, I think we're gonna play with two bigs. More often than not, we just might not start with that, if that makes any sense. But it's, I loved what Miles Heidi's game what, you know, looked like. I think he's athletic. The guys seem to love him. And it's just great. Any, anything from a strategy standpoint you saw that you thought that was interesting of uh, just kind of maybe stuff they tried or anything that just kind of stuck out to you? Um, well, I think the biggest thing in a game like that is just kind of seeing what you, you know, what, uh, what we, a, a brief glimpse of kind of how the offense is going to be run this year. Um, now that we're quote unquote smaller, even though kind of like you just said, we could be playing even bigger, maybe, um, you know, it's kind of hard to take away too much from an exhibition game as opposed to, you know, Monday, but I don't know. I'm just really excited about this team for some reason. I feel like this team has the ability to be super quick and, um, you know, play with a do lot. You, do, of you think, do you think, do do you think they're going to go for a lot more steals in the sense that they're so quick on the perimeter and that's where they're going to have their aggressiveness on defense and then take a lot of charges at the restricted area and, and kind of play where they, where there's a lot of help and a lot of rotation and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think like you just said, I think with all the guards being super athletic and super quick, I think that there's, you know, that, that is a big, that, that's a great possibility. There's just, I don't know. There's just this weird energy around this team that I I'm kind of, sense you know i'm not sure what it is i don't feel like it's It's an aura 
It's an aura. Yeah. And it feels yeah. great, and there's a confidence to it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be uh, as much of the walk a ball down the floor, run a play for 15 seconds. If you don't find the first look, panic. and that You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a team that's maybe – maybe told to play more freely and uh, more quote-unquote player-friendly, if you will. Um, but, you know, there's there's going to be some learning curves, and our schedule is not, you know, is not easy. But as we know with Aztec basketball, we will get better as the year goes on. We, we you know, we get better as the coach's coach. But, um, yeah, this, this season is going to be fun. Um, what time should we be there for the – banner unveiling do you know when it's actually going to happen given i would the games be at 7 30 i would be in your seat by seven just to be safe shoot to be in your seat by seven is what i would say i mean i'll be in there just because i'm taking the day off and i have nothing else to do i would be in there at like six o'clock like ready to go yeah i think um i will say kyle did note that they have new metal detectors which is great but i just wouldn't that it's just it's not the best area to like get traffic in and out of there I'd say if you're shooting to be in your seat by seven and you're a little late, I think you'd be all right. Um, but, you know, definitely get there early. I will say in the game for this coming up game, do not get frustrated, folks, when this team comes out super slow. If you ever watch the NBA, when they do ring night, every time the home team, when the, after they get their rings, goes down by like 20 immediately because they're outside of their normal routine and they're kind of doing other stuff. So if, if, if Colorado state is up by four at the 12 minute timeout, like don't freak out because that's just how these things go when you have these big celebrations and these things that are outside of your normal routine. So when everybody's freaking out that this game is so close at the 12 minute timeout, just, just take a breath. It's all part of the, it's all part of the game. It's just, you know, just how these first nights go when you have such a celebration. Yep. So all right, man. Is there anything? I mean, we're we're running thirty minutes here. It was a quick one for us. Any last thoughts before before we get going? I hope everybody can can go to the game. I hope I hope there can be twelve thousand four hundred fourteen people there. Uh, basketball game that is. And uh, if you know if you want to have some fun this weekend, let's go. Uh, let's go to a, a football game. And um, other than that, go Aztecs. Yeah, go Aztecs. My boy, one of my boys is coming down. We're having a full weekend of football and basketball. I hope I hope a lot of people do that. Like, hey, like, why not go to both if you're going to take Monday off? So, yeah. I'm with you. Come out if you see us at the game. Say what's up. Um, other than that, go Aztecs.